He just gives us the grace to repent. And when we repent, he responds to us in love. And uh, this morning, I wanted to take your attention again on prayer. The need in prayer. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, he said, when you pray, not if, but when you pray. So with that in mind, let's look to God. Father, we thank you that we can look to you in prayer for everything and anything. And we thank you for your mercy that you give us to approach you the grace to forgive us when we repent. Hide me behind the cross. Speak to us. Minister to us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Savior, my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, Amen. When you pray, when you pray, not if you pray, and the Hebrew word tefillah uh, comes from the verb palel, it means to judge, and the reflexive verb, uh, of course, I don't know much of Hebrew, a little bit here and there, no, lehit palel, to pray, which means to judge oneself. You know, the root word pray is to judge oneself. That's the Hebrew word for prayer. Thus, the time of prayer is a time of self-judging and self-evaluation. You and I are called to judge ourselves as well as to self-evaluate our hearts, our lives. And in Latin, it's precari, which means to beg, to ask, to entreat, to hold on to, to beg, and then pray in Greek as two words coming together. One is of mental direction with words denoting desires and emotions of the mind to or toward. It's also, the next one is a wish. Wish, you express a wish. So when you put all these three things together, I understand you desire wish something and then you give your mental direction with words denoting that wish to God. Our prayer is expressing our soul's deepest longings and our needs to God, but with the sense of soul searching and humility. Please understand this. Our prayer is expressing our soul's deepest longings and our needs to God, but with a sense of soul searching and humility. And we find different biblical prayers in the Bible. Once upon a time, a, a doctoral student at Princeton University approached Albert Einstein, the great 20th century celebrated scientist, and said, what is there left in the world of original dissertation research? 
that was his question what is left and you know the surprise answer this celebrated scientist gave he said find out about prayer somebody must find out about prayer that was his answer a celebrated scientist a nobel prize winner albert einstein we all know about his story heard about his exploits in the scientific field and he says you can do a research on prayer and find something new and that was happening in princeton university and different biblical prayers we have learned about prayer from the biblical characters who have prayed in the bible today when you and i pray some of the words that we use the phrases the sentences and we take it from these prayers and we use it we have learned it and we learn from each other how to pray and uh, the different biblical prayers i just wanted to run through the first one is adoration worship and thanksgiving okay yes of course praise is there adoration worship thanks adoration worship thanks and praises thanksgiving and praises uh, this is part of our prayer and this should form part of our ministry of prayer our personal prayer a corporate prayer and we find in 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 first kings chapter 8 verses 22 onwards if you read we read about solomon's prayer we are not going to read all the verses from first kings chapter 8 verse 22 then solomon stood before the altar of the lord in the presence of all the people of israel and spread out his hand toward god heaven he said oh lord god of israel there is no god like you in heaven above or earth beneath keeping covenant and showing loving kindness to your servants who walk walk before you with all their heart who have kept with your servant my father david that which you have promised him indeed you have spoken with your mouth and have fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day here you find this servant of god he stands before god and in his prayer he worships god he remembers god's loving covenant and showing loving kindness it is god's covenant and when man breaks god's covenant there is a loving god who is willing to forgive when they repent please note it is not unconditional loving kindness when people repent there is a loving kindness that is shown yes his mercy does not destroy us but when we repent his grace accepts us and he remembers this and solomon worships god and then he said lord you kept your word with your servant david my father and that which you have promised him you have done it you have spoken and you have done it today we sang that song faithful god and that's what he was mentioning here he was adoring worshiping thanking praising a faithful god for his faithfulness kindness mercy when we go into god's presence our prayers should involve these and we also see in paul and silas's life silas's life in acts chapter 16 verse 22 to 24 look at the verse how it starts i have put verse 25 first but about midnight 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of God and the prisoners were listening to them. You know, this is the later part I put it in front. When we read it, we think, oh, Paul and Silas were praying and worshiping God. They were enjoying the prison. But in fact, if you read from 22 to 24, the Bible says, then the multitude rose up together. There was a group that rose up against them. And the magistrates tore the clothes of Paul and Silas and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, when they had beaten them with rods, many shots were given on their bodies. They threw them in the prison and to commanding the jailer to keep them securely. And you know what the jailer does? Already these people's body is broken, but he takes them and he puts chains around their legs and neck and puts them in the prison. Body broken, chains around them in prison. They were still adoring this God, worshiping this God, thanking this God and praising this God. We can pray and worship God no matter in what situation we are in, in our lives. And also I have heard of song as prayer by saints of God in the Bible. And also many times, uh, many people sing, write songs out of their experiences in their life. And as a praise to God, as a prayer to God, they write all this. Many times we are not thankful to God. There was a man who was selling you know, roses on the road and he put small board saying that 20 rupees, one rose. And there was a man who used to go for morning jog, jogging. And as he would jogging, when he comes here, he will throw 20 rupees there in front. He will not pick up the rose, but he will go away. And he was doing this for nearly two months. And the third month, he threw 20 rupees and he ran. He crossed the place and went. The next day, this rose keeper, the shopkeeper, stopped this man and said, Sir, you've been dropping 20 rupees every day. But today, from today, from yesterday, sorry, the rose is 25 rupees. You understand what it is? He was getting something freely and he was not thankful. He was not grateful. Instead, he was greedy for more. That tells the human heart. That tells about believer's heart also. We have received so much, but we are not thankful and worshipful to God. The next one in prayer comes confession. So I gave me attention to the Lord. This is what Daniel said this. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness. Note that again. For those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, rebelled, and even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Here, 
Daniel confesses the sins of the mouth, the deeds of his body and the people's motives and also total rebellion. That's what he confesses. And here he talks about, he contrasts between God who keeps the covenant and also and love, who is a loving God against the people who have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and even turning aside from his commandments and ordinances, rebelled against God. And Daniel confesses, my dear brother, my dear sister, confession should be part of our prayers. Searching our hearts. I told you prayer is searching our own hearts, judging ourselves, self-judgment, self-evaluation. We search and see in what way I've sinned against God. We are very good in our morals. We are very good in our mission. We can be very good with money. But many times in our motives, we can be wrong. And God is looking out for that area. And then you find Isaiah confessing. So he said, who is me for I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I would dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And, I, and for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Here, Isaiah says, Lord, I don't want only live among the people of unclean lips, but I myself am a man of unclean lips. I've used this mouth to curse, to use bad words, to use angry words, to use insinuating words, malicious words, deceitful words. I've done that. I've said that with deliberate intention. I've used all this now I've seen your holiness. Oh, how unclean I am. And he confesses his sin. And you know what happened? You know that, that fire, and God took the coal, live coal. The angel took the live coal and touched his lips and he was cleansed. And it was not just cleansing. God commissioned him to be his prophet. And that confession turned him around. And God used the same lips after cleansing to prophesy so many things, even about the second coming of Jesus, about the, about the, the future reign of Jesus in this world. He was able to prophesy. That's what our confessions can do, bring a change, bring a transformation in our lives. The next one is, in the Bible, we see cry in the midst of distress or crisis. And we all go through crisis and we all go through difficulties, distress, and we call upon God. We ask for prayers. Good. And we have that good example in the Bible. You find Moses was finding a difficult situation. He was finding that where people were, uh, were against him because the water was bitter. Then the Bible said, then he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a treat. Look at the heart of God. A man of God, a servant of God, cries out in distress. And please note, this is not just for Moses, a prophet, a servant of God. A God is for everyone who calls out in, in, in distress, in crisis. 
and God immediately showed him a tree and he puts that into the water and the water becomes sweet. You and I have a God who is willing to come to our aid in the time of distress and crisis. And then we know, heard about Ezekiah. What happened to King Ezekiah? You know, he receives a letter from the Assyrians. And then he takes the letter and runs into the temple of God, the house of God. And he spreads it out and prays before the Lord. And he prays like this, O Lord, the God of Israel who are enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear, open your eyes, O Lord, and see and listen to the words of Tenasherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. You know, Assyrians were the world power at that time. And Hezekiah says, Lord, he may be a king of kingdoms, but you alone are the Lord of all the kingdoms. I come to you. In his distress, he cries. You know what happens? You see in same chapter, 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 37, the Bible says, states, one day while Shinashirib was worshipping in the temple of his god, Nishrak, his sons, Adrabelech and Sharazer, killed him with a sword and they escaped to the land of Ararat. Ezekiel re receives a letter. He goes into the temple of God. And he spreads it, looks to God in prayer. And God does a miracle. The army of Chenasherib is destroyed by the angels. And finally, this king in shame, he goes back into his temple. Ezekiel goes to God's temple and Chenasherib goes to his temple. One receives life, the other receives death. Going into God's presence during the time of crisis. We also know in the Bible, Hannah prayed when the time of crisis. I don't have time to go into all that. You know, Hannah prayed during a time of crisis and God gave us Samuel. Then we find the supernatural miracles and that happened in the Bible. Elijah, the Bible says in James chapter 5 or 17 to 18, Elijah was a man just like us just like you and me you know we 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 tend to sleep in the morning we tend to sleep during prayer time i don't know how many of you pray and sleep during prayer that sweet is very sleep uh, sweet you know there are times when i uh, knelt down when i was a new believer i prayed in tiredness i've just slept off kneeling down with my head on the pillow okay and that sleep was very sweet heavenly sleep. Now, many of us enjoy that heavenly sleep during prayer time. And he was just like you and me. He prayed earnestly. He prayed with passion. It was not a great prayer, but a passion. Lord, I want this you to do it, Lord. He had trust in God and he prayed that it would not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the, and the heavens gave rain and the earth yielded crops. Here is a prayer, a supernatural miracle. Yes, our God is a supernatural miracle worker. In our prayers, there is power. 
It is not that you and I have the power, but as we pray, we connect with God, the life of God flows into the situation. Sadly, many people make, you know, a mockery of this and say, I have the power that I am somebody great. No, it is the life of God flowing through you and me. And God is a loving God and is willing to do these wonders, miracles and signs. The next one is the assistance, favor, help, wisdom and direction we receive in prayer. Assistance, favor, help, wisdom and direction and whatever you want, you can put all types of help that is available. I told you in the time of crisis, we can ask God, but your assistance, favor, help, wisdom and direction. And we read about the great prophet, Elisha. In 2 Kings 6.17, the Bible says, Elisha prayed. What happened? The Syrians have come and surrounded the nation of Israel. And Elisha tells, the servant comes and tells Elisha, oh, I see a huge army come, Lord, uh, uh, prophet, what can we do? And Elisha tells him calmly, don't worry. He that is with us is more than he that is with them. But the servant is not convinced. And then Elisha has to pray for God's assistance. He prays, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Sometimes this is a prayer that you and I need. We have to pray for ourselves. We have to pray for our husbands, our wives, our children, our parents. You and I have to pray for others, Lord, open their eyes, Lord, so that they may see, see you, see your glory. And the Bible says the Lord opened the eyes of the servant and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Before he saw horses and soldiers, but now he sees differently horses and chariots of fire all around. He sees a divine power that has come there. The next one is Nehemiah. In Nehemiah 2.4, the Bible says in chapter one, chapter two, you find how Nehemiah is talking to the king. King asks him, what can I do? And the Bible says, Nehemiah prayed to the God of heaven even before he could open his mouth and tell the king what he wants and what was in his heart, he prays and asks God and God answers him. He finds favor. And in chapter four, we find they're already in the land and they begin to start their project. The project had already started. Several you know, years have passed by, a few, a few months have passed by. And then when the challenges came, the Bible says, but we pray to our God and because of them, we set up you know, uh, God night and day, and you know that he they finished building the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. They pray for assistance, favor, help, and God enables them. You know what happened to Jonah? Uh, sorry, the, there's a wrong scripture there. And uh, Jonah, uh, you find, then Jonah prayed, to the Lord, Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1, pray to the Lord God of Israel from the stomach of the fish. You find that Jonah was looking out to God. 
he was running from god the more he ran away from god he ran into stink he ran into darkness he ran into a trap but in that darkness in that stinking situation in the trap jonah looks out to god for help and assistance and god helps him he comes out to go and do the work that god had called him to do and you know that manoah that is samson's father in judges 13:8 he said that manoah entreated the lord and said oh lord please please help me please help me i want you to send the angel back again to me that he may come and teach us what we have to do to our son who is to be born manoah wanted the direction from god he wants wisdom from god to take care of his son and then you find god in his mercy sends the angel comes and speaks to manoah and tells him what manner of man samson will be and we also know in samuel but the thing was displeasing in the sight of samuel that people asked for a king it was displeasing in the sight of samuel and also in the sight of god give us a king who will judge us and the bible says samuel prays to the lord and god directs him and tells him what to do elisha prayed nehemiah asked god jonah cried out for help manoah asked for direction and wisdom and samuel asked for guidance we find that god gives it to them james chapter 1 and verse 5 any of you lack wisdom let him ask of god that give it to all men liberal and upbraid it not and it shall be given unto him and we find bible also is a conversation this is one of the finest things that we could enjoy second samuel chapter 7 and verse 18 to 29 we find how david the king went in and sat before the lord when when god tells him through prophet that god will build him a house david goes in sits before the lord and he said lord who am i lord what is my house that you have brought me this far thus far and yet this was insignificant in your eyes oh lord god this blessing itself is great for me but for you it is very insignificant oh lord god for you have spoken also of the house of your servant concerning the distant future and this is the custom of man oh lord god and again what more can david say to you for you know your servant oh lord god he says lord you know me you know my sins you know my weakness you know my shortcomings but you are merciful to me you are kind to me he sits before god and he speaks to god you also know job in the bible we find how in 133 he wants to reason with god he wants to have a conversation he wants to have a debate with god he wants to talk to god ask him questions prayer is not just one way you and i can talk to god and i was reading a an article it talks about how new christians pray they pray as if they are talking to a friend 
you know, they, they just talked to him. You know, recently I was in a funeral, one person prayed. And I really enjoyed his prayer at the end, he prayed of the funeral, he said, he was conversing with God. He said, Lord, you know us, you know we are broken. I want you to be with us. Lord, we are leaving this body and going, she is with you, but we are going home, you come with us. It was a conversation. I really enjoyed that prayer so much, honestly. It was a conversation. We all should learn to address God, talk to God, converse with him, talk to him as a father. He wants to, he wants to enjoy that communion, that fellowship with you and me. He is a great God. He is a holy God. In his mercy, he has not destroyed you and me of our sin because of our sins. And when we repent, he gives grace and accepts us. But he wants us to maintain that relationship. Talk to him, converse with him. Not just when you take your Bible. Do that when you're having your bath, when you're driving, when you're stuck in your projects, when you find the pressures building up. Talk to him, converse with him. Lord, who am I? You had given me this. You had given me a wife. You had given me a husband. You given me children. You had given me these blessings. Even if you don't have any of these things, you can say, Lord, I thank you. Still, you're there for me. You will lead me. Converse with God. Now I want to take you to the highest grade of prayer intercession. The highest grade in prayer, I feel, is intercession. You find Abraham in 18, 16 to 33, he comes and intercedes. Genesis 18, 16 to 33, Abraham's intercession for Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, then you find in Genesis 20, when Abimelech tries to take Sarah, God intervenes and tells him, now return the man's wife for he's a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. A prophet from here, I understand, should be an intercessor. Today, the prophetical world is different. Today, they wanted to tell differently about what's going to happen in the future. And here is a prophet whom God is saying he is a prophet. This is a certificate I'm sure that you and I should wait to get. He's my child. He's my servant. It should, we should make God happy. Your prophet here, uh, Abraham is called as a prophet and a prophet will intercede. And you find that he intercedes and God hears him. And also a little more is said about Moses who intercedes. You can read the life of others. You can read about Nehemiah who interceded. In the first chapter, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I said, I beseech you, I seek you, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to the 
to hear the prayer of your servant, which I'm praying before you now, day and night. Day and night. On behalf of the sons of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And then he says, he rounds it off, I and my father's house have sinned. An intercessor knows, well, we are unworthy. An intercessor is unworthy to pray because of their own weakness and shortcoming. But yet, it is the highest form or grade of prayer to pray for others, to intercede for others. It's very easy when we get a thing in the mobile, somebody is sick, somebody in the hospital praying. Yes, I wanted to challenge my dear church. How many of us are really praying? Is there, is there a burden? Is there a compassion? Or we take the mobile, read it, and then we say, I'm praying, and then we scroll through and see all the other things. May God help you and me to have this heart of intercession. Praying for others, standing in the gap for others. Now, I wanted to tell you a funny story. I remember going many years ago to a place called Arsikara near uh, past Tumkuru for a ministry. I was driving my car and a friend was with me. He was not very educated. He was with me and uh, he was assisting, helping me. And after driving from all the way from Bangalore to Arsikara, I had a severe headache. And that car did not have AC also. I had a severe headache. It was an old premier Padmini car. And I told this guy, can you please pray for me? And he did one thing. He kept his hand on my head, on my shoulders, and he prayed. And you know, he prayed. What he prayed? He prayed for Pastor Mohan. He prayed for Pastor Paul Tangya. He prayed for Pastor Sam Jabudurai. He was praying for all the others. I tapped his hand and told him, stop now. I have my headache. Now you pray for me, not for all these people. They don't have a headache. I have a headache. You know? Then he said, Napa, prayer He said, what? You're getting angry when I'm praying. You know, sometimes, then I realize one thing, even though it looks funny, one thing I realize is this man, I'm sure, has been praying for all these people. Even though it would have come as a parrot, you know, he has been praying for all these servants of God. So when I asked him to pray, he was praying for me. For my, instead of me, he was praying for the others. Intercession. Getting into this habit of praying. And the lowest grade of prayer, the highest grade, I said, the lowest grade of prayer is bargaining. You know, bargaining. You know, Jacob, in Genesis 28, 20 to 22, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey. And if he provide me with food to eat and clothes to wear so that I may return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. See, I'm going on a project and he never knew what's going to be the challenge. He's going to have you know, a challenge for Rachel and Leah and uh, he's going to overcome all that. Then he's saying, Lord, I want you to bring me back safely. And then he gives the stone and said, this stone I've set up as a pillar will be the God's house. And of all that you give me, I'll surely give you a tenth. Some of us bargain with God. Lord, you do this, I'll give my first month's salary. And the first month's salary comes, keep scratching, or you can I give? Sometimes we do this, do that. I sell, I, I do this. 
I, I, Lord, if you, if you give me this, I will do this, Lord. You heal me, Lord. I will live for you. I will serve. Give me one chance. Sometimes God in his mercy does it. I'm not saying don't bargain with God. Bargain. But when God catches you after you, after God does, it's better to be, you know, in God's favor. And here you find Jacob was bargaining. It's the lowest grade. Many people bargain with God. Don't do that. And you find different prayers, adoration, worship, thanksgiving, confession, crying in the midst of distress or crisis, pray for supernatural miracles, assistance, favor, help, wisdom and direction, conversation. We converse with God in prayer, intercession and bargaining. Definitely prayer is all these. Definitely prayer is all these but it's also more. The two important need in prayer, last week we saw, prayer is building a relationship with God. Last week we saw that. It is not just talking to God and receiving, asking God what we want. Prayer is building a relationship, instead of communicating to God, we are satisfied the commodities of the world that comes from God. We, we want this, we want that, and we are satisfied. In fact, prayer is building a relationship with God. And God said, behold, my son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus said, I thank you that you hear me always. That's the relationship that Jesus had with father. Father said, behold, my son whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus said, I thank you that you hear me always. And someone said, prayer is a conversation of friends. Yesterday night I was going through and I picked this out. Prayer is a conversation of friends. You and I, friends with God. And God is a friend with you and me. Prayer should always be for the glory of God. And here you find in prayer, one must focus fully on God's will. The second most important one. Fun is, one is building a relationship. Second one is in prayer. One must focus fully on God's will. The most glorious is aligning our thoughts with God's thoughts. On a higher level, prayer has to do with things that are higher than our daily material needs. Mainly, it is spiritual needs. On a higher level, prayer has to do with things that are higher than the daily material needs, namely spiritual things. And this is thinking the thoughts of God. This is the thinking, the thoughts of God. In 1 John 5.14, John, the apostle, he gives a good insight into praying. If we ask anything according to his will, then we must refer to his will as reveal. Anything according to his will, he says, God will answer if he says anything according to his will, then we must refer to his will as revealed in his word. The will of God is revealed clearly in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It does not mean that you and I can ask anything, but anything that is within God's will. And we find 
the principle of God's word in prayer is simply illustrated in some biblical passages. There are three uh, groups of people. We will not be going into this because I wanted to go into the main one. In the Old Testament, we find David's prayer in 2 Samuel chapter 17, 18 to 29. He is essentially asking God to do what things he has just promised to do. The will of God is revealed to David through the prophet and David prays that prayer. Solomon's prayer of dedication at the temple centers on the request that God would do what he has promised to do for David. First Kings chapter 8 verse 22 to 26. God had already promised to David what God is going to do for David and his descendants. And Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple is centered on that. What God has already said. If we read Jeremiah's letter to the Jewish exiles in Babylon in Jeremiah 29, 1 to 17, explain the logic of prayer. First, God tells them what he will do and then they will pray that he will do. These three are just three simple examples. There are many more. Moses and several servants of God, Daniel, so many of them. They quote back to God what God has revealed to them. And they pray according to God's will. And the gospels reveal God's will for us. When we are asking God to bring us and others to the goal that he has revealed to us, that is praying according to God's will. Matthew 7, 11, he said, if you then know if you then, being evil, know how to give goods unto your children, how much more shall heavenly Father give the good things to them that ask him? Here you find God is willing to answer this question. Will God give me anything bad? No. He wants to give everything good. And when we ask, we receive it from God. That which is good for us that which is good for his kingdom. And we go back to this important one, prayer in the new covenant relationship. In Colossians 1, 9 and 10, look at the screen. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. This is how Paul is praying. This prayer for is for you and me also. And then he says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. He's saying, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will through the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. So there is a spirit of God. He is there to give us the knowledge of his will. And so we can pray, we can pray according to what God wants to help us with. And then he says in verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing in every way. What are the two things? Life worthy of the Lord and pleasing in every way. He mentions that in verse 11, bearing fruit in every good work. An extra a part of that verse, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Prayer, bearing fruit. If you have been unfruitful in your life, 
ask god you know you can have a tree and it can't bear fruit you feel sad one of the things that i do is i go through to learn to how i can make a tree fruitful and i try to buy those organic matter to feed my plant to feed my little tree in the in the in the pot so that it gets the nutrients why so that it can bear fruit and here we have a big god who wants to must us to bear fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of god continuously not just bear fruit and say yes i am fruitful no we'll continuously grow in the knowledge of god this should be this is what paul prayed for yes you read the prayers in ephesians and in other places i'm just taking a sample of this and then he goes on to say being strengthened with all power according to his might so that you may have great endurance and patience so that you may have great endurance and patience why because it's not easy it's going to be challenging and giving joyful thanks to god who has qualified to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light you know he goes on goes on it said so that so that you know you read this passage you find so that so that he goes on to elaborate more and more about our lives and why why because he has rescued you and me from the dominion of darkness brought us into the kingdom of the sun he loves you know something i've come across people who have been delivered from absolute demonic bondage drugs alcohol all types of other evil they have been saved and they love this new life because they have seen that darkness that powers of evil as produce in their life they have been set free my dear brother my dear sister you may think i am not evil like them but you and i have been set free from the dominion of darkness and god wants to take us to deeper level so that you read this passage and see in first uh, colossians 1 so that so that so that he mentioned two times so that he takes us into deeper 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 understanding and then he says in verse 18 he is the beginning verse 18 i jump to verse 8 he is the beginning the first born from the dead that in everything he might have the preeminence or he might be the pre, he might be preeminent yes my dear brother my dear sister the spirit of god gives knowledge of his will through wisdom and understanding first one secondly the spirit of god gives strength so that we will have great endurance and patience to live a thankful life in the midst of all evil our prayers should be this lord this is your will for me in the new covenant that i may have the knowledge of your will through wisdom and understanding that i may have strength and that i can endure all challenges and live with patience paul is writing this from a prison please note that preeminence christ is preeminent 
he will be everything for you and me he will be everything for you and me and in him dwells the fullness of god prayer in the new covenant is praying according to god's will the theology or doctrine of prayer is talking to god according to his revealed will so that christ will have the preeminence in our lives if this is not the goal then we will be missing we will have all the things yes i told you we can pray for many 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 things that i mentioned for a miracle for supernatural touch for guidance for for healing for deliverance all that we can do but more than that is praying and talking to god according to his revealed will and the revealed will is in the word of god so that christ will have the preeminence in our lives may god help you and me may we look to god and say lord i want you to have preeminence in my life let that be my prayer always you be super superior in my life than anything else yes i'm saying you and i can pray for so many needs good and god will answer all those he is a gracious god he has done that he will do it but in a prayer in the new covenant for you and me is not just receiving those things but having christ as a preeminent person in our lives may god bless us let's look to god in prayer father we thank you for this beautiful day lord you have been a good god you have been